Late March, The Telling, Salford, Bedfordshire. She woke with a cry. It was the same dream as before, the same place, the same faces, the same jolt of terror, real in her dream, real in her life. Would it never leave her be? Her whole body trembling, she clambered out of bed and went to the window, where, dismissing the nightmare, she returned to the question that tormented her. Should she tell? Would they hate her? Or, as she desperately hoped, would they thank her? But then, why would they thank her when the news she had to reveal was so unbearably cruel? Dear God, give me the courage to do what's right, she prayed. Maybe it would be better if the truth was never told. Yet that would be the coward's way, and Lucy Baker was no coward. She glanced at the clock. Five minutes past three. Taking her robe from the back of the chair, she slipped into it and sat on the edge of the bed. She sighed, a long, broken sigh. Oh, my dearest Barney, my joy, my life. I loved you then and I love you still. Barney had been her only true love, and there was no way to describe how much she missed him. No words, only memories. Then came a look of hatred. While Barney had brought her joy, Edward Trent had brought her tragedy. Edward Trent! Monster! Her mouth curled with loathing. She spat out his name. His wickedness had caused such pain she would carry the burden of it for the rest of her days. A thousand times she had awoken, terrified and sobbing, reliving the night when Edward Trent had kidnapped her little son, Jamie, and caused him to drown. Over the past twenty and more years, she had grown used to the nightmares that woke her. Like the hatred, they had become part of her life. In the dreams, it was always the same. Darkness, the water, and the chase, that unforgettable chase ending in such horror. This time, though, the dream had been different. There was no frantic chase, no rushing water as it tumbled downstream, tugging at her ankles and throwing her off balance. There wasn't even the soul-wrenching sound of her child crying. This dream was like nothing she had ever experienced. She'd seen only his face, that swarthy, handsome face, his mouth frozen in an easy smile. Unlike before, he was not threatening her, nor was he reaching out. There was only the smile and those mesmerizing eyes, utterly chilling, and the silence, eerie, absolute. Take hold of yourself, Lucy, she said aloud. It was just a dream. It can't hurt you any more. So many times she tried to convince herself of that. Even so, the fear never went away. It never would. In the adjoining room, Mary lay in her bed and listened. This was not the first time she'd heard her mother agitated, unable to sleep. The first time was many years ago, when she was just an infant. The sound of Lucy sobbing had disturbed her deeply. In her childish manner, Mary had gone to comfort her, but her mother sent her away. Since then, whenever she heard her mother weeping in the night, Mary would keep vigil, desperately hoping it would not be too long before her mother went back to sleep. 
Mary had known there was some secret torment in her mother's past, some fearful thing that touched all of their lives in some way, herself, her mother, and Adam, that dear, kind man who had always been there to protect them. Only recently Adam had taken it upon himself to tell the truth of what happened all those years ago. In the telling, he had betrayed Lucy's trust and broken his vow to his old friend Barney. At the time, he believed it was for the best. Now, he was not so sure. Mary was shaken to her roots by the story he told. Even now it was not ended. There were others who had to know, the ones who had gone away, the ones who had never known the truth of Barney Davidson's sacrifice. In Mary's far-off memories, she recalled her father, Barney, who had died when she was a tiny girl. He'd been a special kind of man, frail in body, but powerful in spirit. She recalled how he would sit her on his knee and create magic through his vivid fairy tales. He made her laugh with his comical mimicry, and sometimes, when she woke crying, he would hold her up to the window and show her the stars and describe the beauty and wonder of the world they lived in. He told her she must never be afraid because there would always be someone looking over her. She loved him so much. And then he was gone, and their lives were never the same again. When she was satisfied that her mother had gone back to sleep, Mary turned over and relaxed. Tomorrow there would be no mention of this night. Mother and daughter would smile and chat and talk of everything else, and it would be as though the nightmare had never happened because that was how Lucy wanted it. By half-past eight, Lucy was out of her bed, washed and dressed and sprucing herself in the mirror. Not bad for an olden, if I say so myself. Laying down the hairbrush, she ran her two hands through her short cap of greying hair, teased out a few stray curls, and thought how, if it wasn't for the age spots on the back of her hands, she could maybe pass for a young thing of fifty. She gazed critically on herself. There were lines round her eyes and mouth, but the small straight nose and heart-shaped face were still pretty and the blue eyes as bright as ever. The loud spluttering of a car engine brought her hurrying to the window. Adam! Covered in muck and oil, Adam was standing before the car in the drive of Nudston House. He had the bonnet up and the starter handle lodged into position. The damn thing's been playing up again! he called back. And now it's completely given up the ghost. I've done what I can, but I reckon she'll need a new engine. Leave it. Come inside. Come on. I'll be there in a minute. By the time Adam showed his face at the kitchen door, Lucy and Mary were seated at the table, Lucy enjoying her eggs and bacon, and Mary toying with her scrambled eggs. A loyal friend to them both, Adam Chives had been part of her life with Barney, and after Barney was gone, he had seen her through a bad time and remained ever close. Lucy had often wondered why he never married, until he confessed to her that she had always been the only woman he had ever truly loved.